0: Welcome to another episode. Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Interest, here with Rich Klein. We're doing an episode today that's uh, going back to the basics. If you're not a collector, but you want to be a collector, or you know somebody that's getting into the industry, what do you want them to know if they're just getting into it? If you're the parent of a budding collector, what should you know in order to help that probably a young person to have a good experience with what they're doing. We're going to talk about card shops, stores where cards are sold, and what happens if you've never been in one. And we're going to look at it both from the perspective of the collector, as well as potentially the parent, the mom, the dad, the older brother, somebody else, so that there's an opportunity to walk through it and demystify some of that experience. Before we get into that, I'll tee it up for Rich, but uh, we've got sponsors to thank. Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Com C, uh, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike's Stadium Sports Cards, a couple of great card shops, Heritage Auctions, Huggins & Scott Auctions, and Panini Tops and Upper Deck. Panini Tops and Upper Deck would probably be in that card store, as well as some other uh, uh, manufacturers, some of which may be defunct, but I would imagine, Rich, if you're, if you're a 10-year-old kid or a, a 30-year-old kid and you walk into a card store and you've never been in one before, it might be pretty overwhelming. Or if you're the mom bringing or the dad bringing the son or daughter, it might be overwhelming regardless of your
1: age. Well, I will tell you, you know, as we were doing this, I just realized, I'm thinking about the first time I ever went into sports corner in New Jersey, in the Antique Mall in Montvale, New Jersey, the first sports card store in the country. And I was overwhelmed by just the amount of cards. I walked out with a few cards that day. It was truly random hit and miss. I actually chose very well what I bought. They weren't in great condition, but I got it to be honest with you, I chose well. The two cards I bought that day was a T206 Joe McKinnity at a common card price, for T was probably 50 cents because I knew he was in the Hall of Fame, and I figured any Hall of Famer at a common price was good, and a crease not real nicely but creased 55 tops jackie robinson because i had heard of jackie robinson at my age so and i knew he was should you have stopped
0: there rich I should, have, <laughs> I should have stopped while i was ahead yes
1: i that those are the type oh, of people gosh. i should have focused on always and wow. forever wow so i did really well my first day but I, I was just amazed by the depth and variety and mind you this is like 1970 who was the owner of that store rick barudin who's Berudin, no longer yeah. and buddy Kurzweil, who i believe yeah. still has Do you know a, what their other claim to fame is well buddy's a big rangers fan
0: but you remember what their claim to fame was in 19? 19... They were the first baseball. They were the first baseball card store in the country. Uh, they were the ones that bought the mantles.
1: That was the, that's, at, That wasn't them. That was Rob Cohen at in, the at at the Washington. That, that wasn't them. That was Rob Cohen from R and B Coins. Then they were the sellers. Then they were the sellers.
0: There were three of them. So three
1: three thousand dollars each.
0: Yeah, they were the sellers. So they were the sellers. They were the yeah, sellers. I was there, and I, it was fant- it, it just was a buzz around the show.
1: We digress. So uh, you walked into this card. yeah, And it's in the base. The antique mall is, is in the basement of this building in a strip mall in Montvale, New Jersey, where later Alan Rosen, actually not in the same strip yeah. set, but he had his office in Montvale, New Jersey. And my old friend, Tom Contino ran shows for a while at a hotel in Montvale, New Jersey. So Montvale, New Jersey is actually... The, the it, capital kind of, of the hobby. Capital of the hobby One could say that. At one point. And, you know, and... Uh, there was a lot going on in, on the East Coast. That there was, was a ton going on. Yeah. Tom's son, Rob, is starting to do the Garfield card show occasionally, but we are really digressing. Okay. But,
0: so you're walking in the card shop. You apparently were not so overwhelmed, partly because you had a lot of baseball knowledge. Right. And I think if you don't have knowledge about the sport, and baseball was our first love, but we're also familiar with the other sports. If a kid is not into the sport or the, or the collector, potential collector is not in the sport, it's going to be difficult to figure out why one person is more worth more than another. And if you're a mom or a dad or somebody that doesn't follow sports, you're going to think, wow, how could this card be $10 and this other one be $1? $1 and
1: and they're, in, they're those days, in those days, it was pretty, pretty easy. We didn't have as many card companies. And there wasn't as big a differential. But, right. And you know, we didn't have the complexities we have today. Yeah. And so that's part of the challenge for any store owner, especially, you know, I, I go to Nicks on Saturdays about once a month. And it's busy in there. If you bring a kid in there on a Saturday, you know, there may be 15, 20 people in the store. Or I go to triple cards, which is five minutes from my house. Mm -hmm. There may be 10 people in there. And again, the owners or the managers don't always have enough time to answer every question, which means you've got to budget time. So, you know, to at least understand the basic questions you need to answer. Now, both of those stores have very kid friendly.
0: Did, yeah. Did Nick and Debbie, when they, they're the longtime owners of Nick's, did they have any new collector? uh program or anything to, never, because when you first walk in, if you're overwhelmed and you turn around and walk out, I mean do they have a way to draw them in and help them to get acclimated?
1: Yeah, they had things they had to be doing something like right to be in business for that long. They had things like we we'll call it the good the good the kids good deed bags. Yeah. You know, they Is would they have a report card thing too they had a report card thing. They also yeah. had at the front of the store t-shirts and other yeah. kid type items that were available. They also had like you know, we'll call them grab bags yeah. of cards, you know, that always had either a jersey or an all graph for like two or three or five dollars. Yeah. So you could always have something at an accessible price. Yeah, but point. they
0: wouldn't do like, hey, you don't want to buy that. You want to buy this instead and really steer them towards something where they get a good, good bang for their buck. I think there's not, some cheaper products that aren't great investments,
1: but would be a lot of enjoyment. I think at the very beginning, they tried to, you know, do more of the let's say the i don't want to say the grab bag type of things but more of the just get a feel for what a card yeah, is yeah. which is kind of a good idea so you don't have to worry you know whether it's tops or panini or upper deck or anything like that you're just getting cards you know and then maybe you have local cards they had 50 cent every card let's say that booked up to $3 was in the 50 cent bin so if you're a favorite player is you, otherwise you don't know what to pick right so this I mean, you're one, not going
0: to pick a brand you probably not you're probably
1: going to pick a player that you think uh, i, I want to identify we talked about Mike Gordon and Howie Gordon and Dave Kingman. So let's say Dave Kingman's were in there. So you can go in there and pick up, you know, five or six Dave Kingman's if he were still active at the 50 cent bin. You know, Miguel Cabrera or. Okay. But at
0: that level, there's you're not there's no uh, mistake I, that's on the order of a felony. You know, if you've got five or 10 or 15 bucks to spend 20 bucks and you spend it wisely or unwisely, that's not going to. I change things for most people, but nowadays
1: stuff costs a lot more than that. I think. But that's the way to begin. We're talking about beginning. So you begin small and you shouldn't... No, but you could walk into a card shop and so say, I got a dollar to spend. You, really, you might get you might get an opening day pack or you yeah. might get two singles. you know. But you have to understand that the, you know, it's that's where the personality of the owner really or the personality yeah. of the people working in the store come into play. What can we do for the person who originally comes in with a dollar? Hey, the next time they come in, they may have 20 or $30 and then we can, you know, get sell them a few packs or a few cards.
0: How can the mom or the dad that's chauffeuring this younger person perhaps, how can they... Help them to have a good experience. What understanding do they need to have? Again, obviously all cards are not created equal. All card shops are not the same, but there's, there's, it's difficult to have restraint when you come into this candy store and there's all this candy there and you're trying to figure out what to get. You can't buy it all and how to know. Is there any insight or uh, way that the mom or the dad can pass on to say, Hey, you need to understand this, that th- this brand is a more premium brand and, uh, and,
1: and this has, uh, this, I just, where would they begin? I think you begin at the beginning. I think you begin if you're smart, and I'm not saying everybody is, but you you begin. That's why I stress the small investment to begin this. The Knicks has $5 grab bags yeah. that have 200 cards in them. You're not going to get hurt by that. You're not going to get hurt by some well, of you. are not going to get
0: hurt worse than the money you put in, right? right?
1: And, and if the money you put in is negligible, and then you get these cards and they're kind of cool, hey, let's go buy some more cards now that I'm... So what you're saying is the problem might not be on the purchasing side. So you walk into a card shop,
0: you've got $5, and Gary Vee is now famous for saying you walk in and you get a pack for $5 and you pull out a multi-thousand-dollar uh, Luca Doncic card from that pack. Again, that's... The odds are astronomical. The, the odds are astronomical. But the other danger for the parent or for the responsible party that gave the $5 is to not... Because I've there are situations where the kid buys the pack, opens it right there, gets a good card in there, and somebody says, oh, I'll give you 10 bucks for it, and it might be worth a lot more. And so... For collecting, you need patience yes. and you need to be willing. I think it's helpful to be able to do a little bit of research to say. And so if you're the the parent, then you say, well, let's let's take those cards home. Let's not sell them instantly. Let's yeah. go look them up. And there's different ways. Obviously, Beckett, our former company, uh has an online price guide and uh, availability of that. There's a lot of data out there and you'd get a ballpark idea, but you wouldn't. um uh, but sometimes kids are impatient, and the other kid says, "Hey, I'll I'll trade you for that. I'll give you two for one." But it, that kid who's a more expensive, uh, more experienced uh, trader is, is is giving the common versions of your favorite player and and trading for you have an obscure player that you don't think you care about, but it's serial numbered or has a, a, a you know some kind of a swatch or an autograph. I mean, I me mean, kids take advantage of other kids. Adults take, take advantage, advantage of other kids. kids. So how do you help your son or daughter, this new collector. I mean, one of the things we did in the in Beckett Publications is trying to create a level playing field. But unless you open up the magazine or go
1: online, you could be at a disadvantage. Well, I think, as you said, there's always people trying to take advantage of you. But I think one of the whole keys, as you said, was knowledge and patience. Knowledge and patience. And that's really one of the keys. And that's part of what you need for growing up. You, know, you need to,
0: yeah. You know, and, and frankly, it's even knowing what you don't know. And the nice thing in the industry, there are people that in their publications that can help you learn what you don't know,
1: and so don't be in a hurry. And I don't want this to sound wrong because there are times where making a mistake is horrible, but we've all made mistakes in this business. You and I still make mistakes to this yeah. day, and we still sell stuff or we still buy stuff that's too cheap or whatever, and as long as it doesn't really hurt you, if you make a mistake and learn from it, it's not the end of the world. I mean, you don't want to sell a $1,000 card for a dollar. But if you sell a twenty dollar card for eight dollars and you don't feel happy
0: well, so what you're saying is that maybe the better choice is if you're the mom or the dad and this kid is getting in there is that you could give again, if the kid earns his own money that's that's one thing, but if it's an allowance or he's give him some money, he could buy he or she could buy the cards, but you'd impose maybe a discipline don't sell right away because that's where you can really get burned. You can't get burned too bad if you buy something for five bucks, that was only worth four bucks you know or you spent, you know, 20 bucks and you got 10 bucks worth of value. But that 20 bucks a month later could be worth 40 bucks. And if you gave up on it too soon or didn't really know what you have or or some of these kids and adults
1: too leave cards on the counter. Oh, I, and that's a scary thought. I tell the story and we'll conclude with this mm-hmm. when I was helping and I go to my friend's Henry and Hunts. They had a store called H&H Hobbies in Garfield, New Jersey, a truly neighborhood store. They had 1985 packs through 1986 at 50 cents a pack. A great buy at that price. So people would open the pack. If they didn't get the Gooden or the Mattingly or the Eric Davis or whoever, whoever rookies were hot, they'd leave the cards on the table. One of the cards they left on the table, I'm sure, was Mark McGuire. <laughs> Think about all those $300 yeah, bills yeah, yeah. sitting on the table, yep. sitting on the counter. it well, wasn't Mark even in a regular major league uniform. <laughs> and there are some people who still believe that's not a rookie card, even though no. we disagree with It'll them. That's a different subject disgusting. for a different different okay. day. But well, that's thanks, Rich. Uh, again, we're, we're going
0: to, we'll do another episode, uh, that again, we, we don't want to have only episodes for advanced collectors. We want to, uh, encourage people to get in this great uh, hobby. And so we'll, we'll do some more of things like this. And, uh, again, we're, we're titling the issues in ways that if you think this, an issue will be helpful, you'll, you'll uh, listen to it. And if you don't, you can, you can pass it by. It's, uh, Beckett insights.podbean.com or available on iTunes, uh, or, uh, uh Stitcher. Uh, Google podcasts, uh, all the different places where, uh, downcast, overcast, all those places where podcasts are found. Uh, or you can email me at Dr. James Beckett, all spelled out, D-O-C-T-O-R, James Beckett at gmail.com. So again, delightful to be with you, Rich, and to have, uh, our, uh, listeners. We will do it again tomorrow. Thank you.